day, my friends, and welcome to episode four of Moral's podcast. Today we have Grandpa Glasses. That's me. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. not a Five Nights at Freddy's reference, by the way. Oh, I have never played that. Or... Oh, they suck. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So, would you like to tell me a little bit about what you do on your YouTube channel? Um, sure. It's pretty simple. I just, uh, I record myself talking about movies, and then I just upload the video pretty much, with a lot of editing, obviously. Um, so it's basically just a movie review channel. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So yeah, for this podcast, we're going to be talking about some movies, of course. First one we got to talk about is the Star Wars episodes from 4 to 6, so we're going to talk the about... The original trilogy. Yeah, so we're just going to talk about episode 4 first, and then we'll go to 5 and then 6. Alright, so episode 4. A New Hope. Yeah, episode 4, A New Hope. The one everyone seems to love. (laughs) I think that's the one where most people, they start off first, right? When they start watching the original Star Wars? Yeah, it's the most influential one. It's the one everyone knows. The weird thing about the Star Wars movies is that the prequels 1 through 3 were made after 4 through 6. Because during the production of Empire Strikes Back, George Lucas is like, Oh man, there's enough material here for a bunch of prequels, so I'll make that later. And then he did. Yeah, it's kind of interesting how he has it all set up. Wait, I forgot how it starts. It starts off with... um. Uh, it starts out with uh the Empire chasing Leia's ship and, you know, 3PO being like, oh, we're, there's no escape this time, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, and then that's when I saw um, RTD2 and then um, 3C... What's, what's that gold robot's <laughs> name? I forgot his name. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's C-3PO. 3CPO, yeah. And they're just trying to get out the ship or something. They don't explain why they're on the ship. They're just like Leia's robots, I guess. That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, they were like just there in the ship. How did they get there in the first place? So yeah, let's yeah. rewind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Leia never like talks to them about it again. So it's just kind of like, oh, they were just on the ship. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, later on they're in some place, I forgot what place, but Luke is in his home, right? Yeah, there's like this whole sequence where like 3PO and co get captured by Jawas and then Luke shows up and they're like buying robots. I don't remember why they're buying the robots though. I think just do like stuff around the house or like fixing stuff, I guess. Something like that. Um, I think they needed like an interpreter for like their water processor or something. (laughs) Something silly. Yeah. Then, like, later on, he learns about somebody named Obi-Wan Kenobi and then tries to find out who that is. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then he, like, goes to Ben Kenobi and he's like, oh, do you know who Obi-Wan is? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? I'm like, oh, I haven't oh, heard gosh. that name in ages. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who could it possibly be, man? Such oh, a mystery. <laughs> uh, I really funny. I really love A New Hope. I think it's a really fun movie. <laughs> It's like in Doherty Explorer. It's like, do you know where the mountain is? Or do you know where this place is? Oh, it's right behind you. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's just such like, you could tell that George Lucas really had an idea. And then he had like all these people helping him make this idea. And he made a really fun movie, you know? Yeah. It's it's really no wonder that Star Wars is still like super popular today. It's because the first movie was really freaking good, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And then Ben Kenobi tells Luke about his father was a Jedi Knight. And yeah, it was also one of his closest friends, and he was killed by Darth Vader. Spoilers, that's not how it actually goes, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Alright, okay. 
The dialogue in A New Hope, it's kind of stilted now that I think about it. Um, Why do you say that? It's just the way that it's written, you can tell that it's like harkening back to all those old serials. I don't know, just not well made. But it works with like that first movie because the actors are really good. And, you know, I got Alec Guinness saying all this dialogue to make it seem, you know, richer. Mm Mm-hmm. The dialogue gets better as the original trilogy goes on, but like with the first one, it's just like, look, sir, droids, you know? Mm-hmm. And later on, Luke finds out that there's a hidden memory inside R2-D2, and then there's like a little hologram of Princess Leia, a little message to save her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Obi-Wan served her father in the Clone Wars, her adopted father. Basically, it's just like a cry for help. Because like at the beginning of the movie, it shows her recording the message and then, you know, getting captured and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets captured in the Death Star. Darth Vader's trying to find out from her where the hidden rebel base is and then they want to just destroy it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, when they blow up Alderaan. But... <laughs> I've seen so many memes of like that one moment. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Obi Wan's sitting down and he's like, as if millions of people cried out in terror and were silently silenced. Yeah. You know? Oh, gosh. That's like his most known line, I believe. Okay. And then after that, Obi Wan and Luke try to get like a ship to take him to Alderaan with the princess. Right, they were trying to get a yeah. a transport and uh Han Solo just happened to be around, I guess. Yeah, he just happened <laughs> to be in the was it like a bar or something like that? Or Yeah, the Cantina. The Cantina with Chewbacca. hmm I think it shows like Obi Wan talking to Chewbacca somehow. They don't explain that. I guess Obi Wan kinda knows Wookiee or something. But I guess we need subtitles. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just kidding. Kind of like with R2-D2, the whole point of uh, Chewbacca is how people react to him, as opposed to like what he's actually saying. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind of character that's called, though. Like interpreters, or just like a little sidekick? Yeah, I, I suppose that's what it is. Brepio talks a lot, so, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah, the everyone's like, oh, shut up, you know? <laughs> like your family yeah. guy, like, shut up, Meg. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets annoying after a while, but... You know, it's all from good intentions, so I don't really mind him that much. Yeah, of course, he has good intentions. Like, he's not the bad guy. He's not. Yeah, he's not He's not force choking people. Yeah, of course they're not. <laughs> yeah, so they go in the Millennium Falcon and they try to find the Death Star. Find... Um, They were trying to get to Alderaan because Leia was requesting for Obi-Wan's help. But when they get to Alderaan, it's freaking a bunch of asteroids and stuff. It's like, Alderaan's not there. It's like, what do you mean he's not there? <laughs> And uh Was it because it got destroyed know. or Yeah, because the Death Star blows it up. Oh yeah, which goes um, back to the meme. Yep. <laughs> That's where the meme comes from. So while they're out in there, they see a little TIE fighter just like out in the middle of space and they're like, Oh, let's blow it up because it knows where we are. Um <laughs> and as like they approach the Death Star, there's another meme. It's like, That's no moon, that's a space station. <laughs> <laughs> They go inside the Death Star and, you know, they like hide in the floorboards to like avoid some stormtroopers. They like go into like that control booth, I guess, so they can escape the tractor beam or something. But I remember they were just navigating through the Death Star and then they find Leah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, 3PO like looks up a monitor and like R2 was like searching for Leia, I guess, and he finds her in like a prison cell. So Luke's like, we gotta go save her. And Han's like, I'm not gonna save her, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta save the princess. <laughs> yeah, that typical trope. 
And oh, then okay. when like they actually save Leia, it's funny because she's like the most competent person out of like the whole group. Like she ends up saving their butts when they're in that hallway. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, just give me that gun. They're like, da 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 da. You're yeah, not doing anything. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good moments like that. The characters are just so like, even with like the dialogue kind of sucking, the characters are just so lifelike. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like they're real people. You know, in like this sci-fi world, you gotta keep in mind in like 1977, characters like Leia, like a strong female protagonist in like a big budget movie. Well, not really big budget, more like mid budget, but you know. It was pretty out there, I would say. Yeah, I'd say so. Women in general in, like, movies before then. You know, like, those posters where, like, the chicks, like, sitting there holding on to the guys. Oh, like, propaganda? Yeah, kind of like that. They just weren't really independent. And then you get to, like, Leia, you know, she's, like, a boss. She's just, uh, taking care of everything. (laughs) She's a boss. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't said that in years. My brother, like, watched that video, like, six years ago, and he still, like, references it. He's like, like a boss. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's so funny <laughs> yeah it's one of those things where it's like because someone you know says it it's like really funny but like when you actually watch it it's like oh okay right yeah <laughs> it's the timing mm-hmm. so episode four um, episode four ends with luke destroying the death star with his fighter jet right he joins the attack force. They try and blow up the Death Star. What I like about that part is before Luke does like his little shuttle run through that part of the Death Star, it shows a guy before then failing to do it. Like he only like hits the surface. Oh yeah. <laughs> I really like that because it makes it seem like, you know, it's a really difficult thing to do. It's not something everyone can do. Creating vulnerability with your heroes, creating like risk is always like a good thing to have. In my opinion. It's a good screenwriting thing to do, really. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, these protagonists, they have a probability that they can die. Unlike somebody like Deathpool, he just can't die, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit like that. Those Marvel movies have a problem of not... It doesn't feel risky enough. Like, it doesn't feel like there's enough stakes going on, despite, like, all those visuals, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of like people cracking jokes and then the movie ends and you watch the next one pretty much okay so continuing on to episode five the empire strikes back oh god i adore empire strikes back i think it's the best star wars movie that we've gotten we've gotten like eight of them but i think it's the best one yeah so after they destroy it the empire they just regroup and then they try to find the new location of the rebel base because apparently right. they didn't destroy it. Well, they destroyed the Death Star, but the Empire is so powerful that they just, like, only dealt a blow to them, if that makes sense. Because they still have, like, all these resources. I mean, they had all those resources to build the Death Star in the first place. Yeah, this one kind of starts in some, some place that looks like Antarctica. Yeah, it starts on a snow planet. I think they've been, like, camping out there for, like, a few months or something like that. And then, like, a probe joy crashes down and Luke's like, oh, what's that, you know? And then a freaking arm just, like, comes out from, like, behind the frame and hits him. (laughs) Yeah, and then that's the point where, like, Han, he's just like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to do my own thing. And then Leia tries to convince him to, like, hey, why don't you just stay with us? We need to still be part of the rebellion. Yeah. 
I really like um, how the characters develop in this movie because Han, at the very beginning of the movie, like you said, he's just kind of like a coward. You know, he wants to just like pay off Jabba. He doesn't want to be part of this anymore. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, a lot of people reference the big romance plot between Leia and Han. You know, it was a really big moment, but I feel like the moment that was like more larger for me was uh, when Han decides to like go out into the cold and like try and get Luke, you know, try and rescue him. I think that was like a, a really big moment for him. Yeah, that's when they start like quarreling. Like they start like denying, I guess, some sort of like, oh, he likes her. It's just Han is like going from like this guy who like shoots somebody in a bar before like they can shoot him to like, you know, becoming like a better person, which I really like. Right. Yeah, then this is the episode where um, Luke finally meets um, Yoda. This one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yoda is so. He's just great. I love that little guy. I mean, he sees Yoda, but he doesn't really know that's Yoda. So. <laughs> yeah, because what Luke's expecting is like this great Jedi night you know like freaking conan the barbarian or something like that and yeah. instead he like gets this little green alien yoda really is great <laughs> he's just so wise you know he's telling luke all these things about the force and things like we didn't know as an audience yeah and he was telling him to do all these things without actually knowing he's yoda and then he's trying to figure out why is he doing these things like his training and then he finally finds out that he's yoda the thing about Yoda is that he's constantly testing Luke throughout that whole sequence, and Luke is constantly failing, yeah. which I think is pretty big. It goes back to what I was saying before. The fact that he fails so much makes him a more interesting character. Yeah, exactly. Protagonists, like they have their own moments like of failure, and then eventually they work their way back up. Then I could always yeah, it, succeed. It seems or... like a, a really basic thing, right? Right. So they go to Cloud City, I believe, after like that whole asteroid sequence. They introduce Lando. Can we talk about him for a second? He's a nope. uh, he's a pretty interesting character. How long ago since uh, have you seen these movies? By the way, a couple years ago or something like that. It's been a yeah. while back since I've seen him, so I have like some memory of what happened <laughs> in these movies. Yeah, I'm basically in the same position. I saw them like a few months ago. A lot of people were talking about Star Wars like all throughout my childhood and I avoided seeing them. So like the first one I saw was Attack of the Clones and it was like, hey, this is pretty good. And then I watched all of them and you know, here I am now, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So Lando Carissian is like Han's old friend who's like part of a mining colony on Quad City. It's so interesting how many characters introduced in Empire Strikes Back are just as iconic as the original characters, <clears throat> which is uh, pretty rare for a sequel, unless it's like a Marvel movie, you know? Right. Okay, the, yeah, the planet of Bespin. Yeah, that's what it is. Bespin, yeah, that's Bespin. what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really like the design of Bespin. 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 <laughs> best, best. <laughs> best, Bespin. Bespin. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's such an interesting way of, like, creating a city. They did the same thing with Coruscant in the prequels, where it's just, like, the planet is literally just a city, and then the rest of it doesn't matter. I always wondered if there was, like, actually, like, a ground level to that planet, or if it was just, like, you know, as it says, clouds. Because they had to build the city on top of something, right? Right. It's not just floating there, I don't think. There's, like, a support pillar or something. Maybe it was just floating or something. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's a sci-fi movie. Maybe they're just using magic. You know, they got the force in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, I remember who Lando is. He's like the one guy that they see first when they enter the Cloud City, right? Right, and like, at first he's like, all suspicious of Han, like he, he's messing with him, and then he's just like, hell on old buddy, you know? Yeah, then it turns out he made actually made a deal with Darth Vader to capture them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was kind of yeah, scummy yeah. in a way. I always thought that was interesting because I don't think betrayal was ever in the first movie. I mean, there's like the whole backstory of Anakin and stuff like that, but they don't really have any of like the characters that they introduce, like betray like any of the other main characters. That was like the first time that they did that. So it was pretty shocking, I feel. Yeah, it was because none of that was on episode four. So that's why I found it pretty interesting. I can't imagine what it was like to see this movie for the first time, because there's a lot of plot twists in the movie that you really can't expect the first time around. There's another one, but we'll get to that in a second, actually. So Han and Leia get captured, and like everyone else gets captured, and Luke rushes off to like go save them, despite Yoda being like, no, no, your training's not complete, you won't be able to beat Darth Vader, but he like runs off anyway. Yeah, I kind of found that interesting, too. Luke fails a lot in this movie because he's really brash, you know? He wants to, like, go off and do things immediately. The same kind of thing happened in the originals. He wanted to, like, go off and fight the Empire, but he had to help his aunt and uncle. He just really wanted to save the princess. Let's just face it. I was kidding. Yeah. First time he sees that hologram, he's like, she's beautiful. And then, you know, they make out and... (laughs) (laughs) oh god um so luke goes to cloud city and he fights vader i always love this lightsaber fight because there's no music at all whenever they're fighting oh yeah usually there'll be like some boss music when you fight a boss in a video game but in the case of a movie that's like pretty interesting yeah the reason why they did that they did the same thing with the lightsaber fight in a new hope it makes it feel a lot more tension filled because there's like nothing going on it's like oh what's going on why isn't there music you're just like watching it you know yeah i like the lightsaber fight because it's not too long that you like you get bored of it but it's not too short it's like what was that i want to see lightsabers you know yeah i love the coloring in it too because it's like a blue and orange because of like all the smoke and stuff like that and i don't know (laughs) that whole sequence is just brilliantly made in my opinion he was just very eager to defeat him. He's like pretty angry. Luke, he was just like, ah, I just want to kill this guy already. But yeah. I guess Vader at the time, he was too strong for him. Yeah, he's actually like messing with him the entire time. If you've noticed, um, he's only using one hand for most of the fight for his lightsaber. He was just testing Cause... him. Yeah, because this was like their first fight, you know, and obviously Vader knows who Luke is. Yeah, then he was holding on to the bridge, and then Vader, he's, he's like, I am your father. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the plot twist that everyone knows. Oh, yeah. It's so, it's so interesting. The whole original trilogy is basically public domain at this point. Everyone knows, like, the beats of it. But talking about it, it it's still fun to talk about, you know? Yeah. I like the plot twist that Vader is Luke's father, because... It doesn't really come out of nowhere. Like, if you rewatch, like, A New Hope and stuff like that, it still fits with, like, what was established before. I mean, didn't they do something like that on other episodes? Like, on one or two? I don't remember which one, or was it three? I don't I never saw those, but I just saw, like, four through six. <laughs> There's, like, two major plot twists in those prequels, but none to, like, the scale that affected the rest of the movies like this one. Because, um... 
when they were shooting Empire Strikes Back, I don't think they were actually planning on having Vader be Anakin, you know? Yeah, because we don't know about that in 5 or in 6, other than, oh, he's his father. Like, okay. I really just can't think of any other twists in, like, movie history to uh, affect an entire series, because 6 deals with, like, the fallout of all that. The prequels deal with Anakin's story, stuff like that. Uh, episode 5 ends with the gang barely escaping, Han being frozen in carbonite, both that taking him away to Jabba, stuff like that. It's the first time in the movie where it feels like there's, like, a little bit of hope in there, you know? Yeah. Because the entire movie is just, like, relentless, like, action, like, Luke having to, like, learn training and stuff like that. But it's, like, that little shot at the end of the movie where there's, like, sitting there watching the galaxy in the distance. It's, like, it's over, you know? The movie's over. It's time to go to the next one. Yeah, I like episode five, too. There's, like, more to it. It's, like, we learn more about the characters, basically. That's right. It's just, um... It felt bigger, even though it was actually smaller scale than A New Hope, you know? Yeah. I think the reason for that is because the characters develop so much that it just feels like it's larger than life, you know? Right. Okay, so episode six, um, The Return of the Jedi. It starts out with C-3PO and R2-D2 end up in some sort of compound with Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, Jabba the Hutt, I guess, on Tatooine for some reason. I always like Jabba's puppet. It must have been really hard to animate him, if you think about it. Yeah, pretty big. <laughs> yeah, you got Yoda with like his little arms. You just like move his face a little bit, and that, that's it. But with Jabba, you have to move like his arms. You got to move his eyes. You got to move his tail. <laughs> it just sounds like a huge task to do. I have really mixed feelings about Return of the Jedi because on a technical scale, it's a really good movie. Like that, that space battle at like the end of the movie and stuff like that. Because they battle again, right, Luke and Darth Vader? They yeah, again. they battle again and they blow up another Death Star or stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but let's go back to what happened way before that. So continuing right. on, Luke wanted to bargain with Jabba for Han Solo's life. And in exchange, they offered the drones to Jabba. Oh my gosh, Luke's plan throughout that entire sequence, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's just like, <laughs> like, for some reason, he just plans that they're going to go over the Sarlacc pit, you know, and then R2-D2 is going to shoot out his lightsaber, and then, you know, a cool action sequence is going to happen. It just doesn't really make sense, you know? I guess they did that just to, like, earn his respect or something like that, because I know he's still mad at Han, because he never paid him back. Yeah, but I don't know why he didn't just, you know, go in there with a lightsaber, because at this point in the series, he's basically a Jedi. He can just force choke people. I never understood why he didn't just go in there and demand Han, or, you know, he's gonna stab him with a lightsaber. Yeah, they unfreeze Han, and there's like this little cute thing where it's like, who is it? And Leia's like, someone you love, and, you know, it's kind of cute. After they basically ruin Jabba's whole empire, Luke goes back to Yoda to, you know, complete his training. Yeah, it was kind of weird how Leia was just there, being, like, Jabba's slave. I was like, oh. Yeah, that's what I mean about this <laughs> I was, plan I was just cringing. Sense. Yeah, I know, I was just cringing. <laughs> it's just, like, he gets all his friends captured, and it's like, what if they died, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Did the Force tell you that this was going to work out, you know? <laughs> so Yoda dies and he tells, he like reaffirms. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, wait a second. Yoda dies? Wait, when does he die? 
he dies like right after Jabba's palace like Luke goes to Yoda's little hut and they talk for a bit and then he fades away into the force oh wow I don't remember that part oh I'm sorry I I spoiled it (laughs) oh no I saw it I just didn't remember that that happened like right after that the placement of Yoda's death was kind of bad to be honest because it's like in between all the cool stuff so you kind of forget about it yeah mm mm-hmm he doesn't get involved until later on, like, when he actually dies. So, like, oh, like, out of nowhere. Like, that's just surprising. They just used that just to make the audience focus back on Yoda, I guess. Because they kind of forgot about him. I feel like the whole Jabba's Palace sequence was just, like, tying up loose ends from Empire. And then, like, transitioning into, like, the actual Return of the Jedi, you know? Right. It just feels a little sloppy, the way they handled it. Yeah, I agree. It was just kind of confusing about, like, out of nowhere. Yeah, so Obi-Wan comes out as a ghost, and he's, like, affecting reality now for some reason. He sits on a log, and he talks with Luke about how Leia is, you know, his sister. I never liked that plot twist. (laughs) As much as the I am your father plot twist. Well, the thing about the Vader being Luke's father is that it makes sense in retrospect. Like, it doesn't, like, ruin anything, and it makes the movies better, you know? But uh, with the Leia twist, like every time they kiss in the first two, it's like, ugh, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's terrible. <laughs> I guess he realizes right away that he means Leia. I thought maybe later he was going to figure it out. Oh, okay. He already knows. He's a smart boy. <laughs> He's not Dora anymore. He grew up. <laughs> um, I think... <laughs> I think the original plan was to have Leia be someone else, but, like, Lucas was going through, like, a divorce or something, or he went through a divorce, and he merged the third and fourth movies into, like, this one movie. So he's like, hmm, who could I have be Luke's sister so I can wrap this up in one movie? Oh, let's have it be Leia. So they just did that. Ouch. I'm sorry, Lucas. (laughs) A lot of writing points in uh, Return of the Jedi don't really work too well in my opinion. It it doesn't feel as well thought out as Empire. Oh, yeah. So uh, they regroup and, you know, they learn about the second Death Star. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And then Lando joins in, right? Yeah, you're right. Lando joins in and Han does not talk about the whole, you know, Lando betrayed him thing. Right. And then um, also Admiral Akbar, he's there, there too. <laughs> and then that's when that meme started too. <laughs> Um, I think he says it's a trap during uh, the whole fight because the shield generator is still up. The whole plan was they go to Endor and uh, they blow up the shield generator so they can go and blow up the second Death Star, you know. So when they get to Endor, those little teddy bears always kind of bug me a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, those little creatures. I forgot what they're called. They're, They're called Ewoks. Oh, Ewoks, yeah. I guess the original plan was to have um, a bunch of Wookiees, but they probably didn't do it because of, like, budgetary things. Because could you imagine, like, having to build all that? Yeah, I can imagine. So Lucas basically just chopped them in half, and it's like, oh, they're Ewoks. They're, they're a new race now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're the first time in the original trilogy where I felt like they were trying to, like, sell toys. They felt too kitty, if that makes sense. I kind of see what you're saying, because the little creatures, adults can like have them as some collection or something, but that's another thing. I mostly just mind their design. I think like the whole Vietnam parallel that they had going on was an okay idea. It wasn't that bad. 
the idea was to make them seem like savages, kind of like that. Like, make them seem like they're really ruthless with, like, how they uh, kill stormtroopers and stuff like that. I wouldn't make them teddy bears if I was going to have that in there. But, you know, that's just me, right? Yeah, so there's, like, two separate stuff happening. One is, like, the little fight in space, and then another one in Endor with everybody else. You're right. It's cutting between uh, three different things. It's cutting between... um. The battle outside of the Death Star with like Lando and company because the shield generator isn't down. It's got the battle of Endor with the Ewoks and Han and Leia and stuff like that. And then it's got Luke, the Emperor and Vader fighting in uh, the Emperor's throne room. Oh yeah, a lot of stuff is happening there in episode 6. Yeah, it gets a little tiring watching it because cutting between so many different things. I mean, it gets worse later on, but in this one it just, it felt like too much, you know? I always loved the Emperor, though. <laughs> the Emperor? Um, yeah, Ian McDermott. I always liked his portrayal of that guy, because he's just so... He's just so gross, you know? <laughs> it's that uh, one old guy with a robe, right? Yeah, he is the Emperor. Oh, okay. Alright, gotcha. I'm trying to think of how he does his voice. I don't want to butcher it. He's just like... <laughs> right, but he's the one that's trying to get Luke to join the dark side, right? Yeah, that's right. He needs, like, a new apprentice because, you know, Vader kind of sucks, I guess. Yeah, Vader too. just wanted to kill him or something. or just wanted to defeat him. But... Yeah, they both wanted uh, Luke to the dark side of the Force. And I always interpreted it as the Emperor wants to replace Vader. And Vader wants Luke as, like, his apprentice. Yeah. So they can rule the galaxy. So that conflict's pretty interesting, in my opinion. I think it's neat to see like all three of these characters going through some stuff right um and that scene where freaking the emperor like starts shooting lightning that always kind of was like whoa you know the original trilogy it's kind of just like long one long movie so that's how i watch them anyway it's just like one really long movie it's like the lord of the rings so, um, Vader throws Palpatine down a mine shaft, you know, and then he, he explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always thought that was, like, a little funny, how he just, like, picks him up and is just <laughs> gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Vader is redeemed, which I thought was pretty interesting, because the whole movie, Vader's, like, telling Luke, like, no, I, I'm too far past, Obi-Wan was wrong about me, you know? Seeing him redeemed like that, it was a nice way of tying off the trilogy in my opinion yeah it was surprising how like luke he didn't kill um darth vader he spared him yeah that whole scene where like vader's like he might like convert leia to the dark side and then luke's like no and then he like starts like beating on him you know that was such a good moment because at that point you realize oh shoot he's like about to go to the dark side you know <laughs> yeah we don't want that and... happening otherwise the world is doomed He's the last Jedi, pretty much. Yoda and Obi-Wan aren't around. Yeah, they're just part of the Force now. Yeah. Overall, I think Return of the Jedi is okay. A lot of people like to nitpick it a lot, but, you know, I try and avoid doing that when I watch movies that I like, you know? Movies are hard to make. You you can't always have a winner. I just think it's okay. Yeah, it was kind of sad, too, that Luke had, like, his last conversation with Anakin. Now he's not no longer Darth Vader. You see, like, his shattered face right before he dies. I always like that scene. It's very short, and you get to see Vader's face, and you get to see him be redeemed, you know? 
Yeah, and it was also good too. Luke was able to like escape with his father's body just like right before when the Death Star exploded. So that's like really good. Like in the ending, they reunited Endor, mm-hmm. and then Han trying to understand about the relationship between Luke and Leia. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Han is not very good. <laughs> Thinking about it now, he's like the comic relief in that movie. Yeah. It kind of felt like Harrison Ford didn't want to be there <laughs> the entire time. So what would you say is your favorite between 4, 5, and 6? If I had to pick individual moments, I would say Return of the Jedi is like my favorite because the lightsaber fight at the end is really good. It's got good stuff in it, but like as like an overall movie, I would say Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. Yeah, I like the Empire Strikes Back too. Everything makes a bit more sense compared to in the earlier episodes. Because I know, like, in 4, we only know about Luke, R2-D2, and C-3PO. Episode 5, we learn about Han, a little bit more about Leia, and Darth Vader. Yeah, they had, like, the foundation so they could uh, expand on the characters. Yeah. I kind of like, more or less, how episode 6 ended. Kind of like a little happy ending, you know? I always liked it, too, because the Empire has been defeated, you know? They're celebrating with a bunch of teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, gather around a campfire. Luke looks at a bunch of Force ghosts. What version of the movie did you watch, by the way, for Return of the Jedi? Wait, there's different versions of it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so at at the very end, with, like, the Force ghosts, what people were there? Yeah, I just remember about the ending in Endor. Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda, they're there, like, as holograms. And then Luke's there, too. <laughs> that's pretty i haven't heard that one before but yeah they kind of look like holograms yeah yeah that's kind of like how i remember it the main characters that we know what did anakin look like uh his face kind of messed up it's hard to explain uh you might have saw the uh special edition special edition I don't know. Um, the original Star Wars movies have like these special editions that have like some '90s CGI and stuff like that. And uh, one of the changes was at the very end, where instead of having Sebastian Shaw as Anakin, they had uh, Hayden Christensen who played him uh, in the prequels. Oh, that's interesting. Because I even know about the different versions, but that's good to know. Yeah, a lot of people like to say like the those special editions ruin their childhood <laughs> or something like that. Um, but from what I'm hearing, you enjoyed them just the same, right? Yeah, of course. They're pretty good to watch. Anybody who hasn't watched Star Wars should definitely, like, start with episode four, then go to six. I mean, I don't know if one through three is worth watching, but... They're not. They're not? No, uh, I don't know. A lot of people like them, but I never like them. I think the characters in them are bad. (laughs) And I just never made time to watch it, and I'm just thinking about it, if it's, like, worth watching. I mean, if you like the originals, you might like the prequels. Give them a shot at least. I'll go ahead and give them a shot sometime. I'll think about that. But yeah, this concludes episode 4 of Moore's podcast. Episode 5 will be released soon with some more movies I'm going to talk about with Grandpa Glasses here. So yeah, thank you for having this discussion with me about Star Wars. <laughs> Not a problem. And until in the next episode, until next time, farewell. And let the morals be with you.